Okay, and welcome to this episode of Event Worldcast. My name is Helen Moon. I'm joined again by the very lovely Mark Mayer, our chairman of Event Well. How are you doing, Mark? Fabulous. It's hot. What a lovely day. Yeah, it's hot. It's damn uh, hot. <laughs> yeah, it's great though, isn't it? It's, I love it when it's hot. I don't know yes. how people can complain. Yeah, I'm done. We're recording this. I'm sat in the garden today. It's way too hot to sit in the office. Mm. So I thought I'd get out and get that old vitamin D, <laughs> get some sun on my skin, even though I'm sat under the brolly. <laughs> oh, that's all right. It's a little bit too much sometimes for northern skin and northernness, yeah, even though I've been here 17 years. <laughs> Worst thing you can do is burn your skin. Don't do that. But uh, yeah. little 10 minute spurts here and there is, is great. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a message to all those young ladies in their twenties who like love to worship the sun and line the sun, creamy skin up, ladies. <laughs> really, really important. Yeah. Well, the key is just don't not to burn. Um, and we often get that terribly wrong. I mean, if the UK weather doesn't really help because you go from zero to thirty degrees in the space of twenty-four hours. Yeah. So. It, we're often not prepared in terms of like our daily habits for protecting ourselves against the sun you go from like oh don't need sun cream and the sun cream's like in a drawer somewhere Mm. and it's been there for six months and then all of a sudden you've got 30 degree heat and you're like oh i'll be all right and then you're stuck in the sun all day um yeah Yeah. but it's no excuse really we need to look after our skin though yeah absolutely absolutely but we're here to talk about exercise today aren't we another great thing that you can do when it, it's the sun's out and it's nice weather but really we should be doing all year round yeah um 100 we i mean we've talked about this before about mm. how it so modern day society is is so effortless physically effortless in many ways like everything's kind of done for us in terms of the physical effort we have to put into surviving so if you need food you know there's Deliveroo, uber eats um tesco's online shop all of these apps where we just need to click a few buttons and the food turns up if you think back to the first time humans were sort of roaming the planet we wanted to get food we had to physically exert ourselves and go and hunt for it or pick for it or climb trees or whatever it might be to get access to that food so you'd burn the energy in that the food gives you in order to acquire the food and now we've got this kind of efficient society that mm-hmm. we don't need to do that and that's obviously a big reason why we've got such a an epidemic with obesity and obesity, yeah, it's a big health problem. crisis crises um sort of across the board but because we've taken the, the movement out of our day mm-hmm. there's no movement required in order to do all the things that we need to do so, to survive and yeah. then obviously that's wrapped up in uh, going to work and you know all we, all we a lot of us need to do is kind of sit at a computer and and you know unfold our talents into a computer screen yeah but none of that requires physical exertion so then we you know we we go to the gym or we carve out an hour or two of time a couple of times a week three four times a week depending on who you are to fit all that healthy movement back into your day but it's it's kind of a weird like backwards step in many ways because mm. we used to do it naturally in order to survive and you know humans were physically a lot more literate than we are these days yeah um, and it's worth yeah. remembering that because it's not just about like carving out an hour to go to the gym it's about 
which, which part, you know, if we think more clearly about it, we can kind of come up with ways of putting that movement back into our day. So it's like, we, can we get off the bus a couple of stops early? Or yeah. can we walk up the stairs as opposed to standing on the escalator? Or can we, you know, walk up the stairs instead of taking the lift? There's lots of ways that we can put movement into our day without actually sacrificing much time. Yeah, because it's not rocket science, is it, really? The, the recommended amount is 30 minutes a day, isn't it, of moderate movement and exercise. Now, that, that's not pumping iron at the gym. It's not running marathons. It's not cycling 100 kilometers. It, it's just moderate movement and exercise that raises your heart rate. So that is exactly what you've just said. That is getting off the bus a stop earlier, getting yeah. off the tube a stop earlier, you know, walking some of the way, doing the, the, making that a brisk walk, even you know, hoovering your house is yeah. enough. Kind of give your house a good hoover, a whole house, and you, that, that's 30 minutes moderate exercise and movement and activity. And that, that's the secret to it. I think that's what people get. Yeah. Say that again, sorry. Is that it's something that people get put off by? The kind of thought of exercise means that I, that I need to be out running. I need, to, I need to be going to the gym three times a week. And it's, it's that putting pressure on people putting that, that added pressure on themselves to think that they need to be doing certain types of activity to be fit and healthy. Because when yeah. you simplify the process, it is just a matter of making sure that you're moving through the day, doing all of those little things that we've just mentioned there. That's, that's the, the bare minimum. And that's all you really need to be doing to, to be fit and healthy. Well, yeah, it, that's I mean, on top as a bonus. Well, yeah, that's the, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. I think there's, another thing to think about is that a lot of the health benefits that come with exercise, what we, what we consider exercise to be, are as a result of move, just simply moving your body. Mm. Um, so, the, and the reason being is that we've got this, this system, inbuilt system in our body called the lymphatic system, which is basically responsible for detoxing the body. Yeah. So it's connected to our uh, circulatory system. And the circulatory system, our blood, drains all the things that it needs to get rid of into the lymphatic system. That moves around the body and we eventually, you know, get rid of it through various means. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the difference between the lymphatic system and the circulatory system is the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. It doesn't have the heart attached to it. So it only moves, the lymph fluid only moves if we move our limbs. It moves via muscle contraction. So being sedentary is, is, is one of the most unhealthy things that we can do. Yeah. Like just sitting still all the time is yeah. really unhealthy. And it basically makes our body stagnate. Mm. Um, and this is the reason, slight side note, but this is the reason why wearing a bra all the time is one of the busy, biggest risk factors for developing breast cancer. Yep. Because we restrict, when you, wear, when you wear a bra, I mean, I don't wear them, but when you wear them all the time, you restrict, <laughs> there's a couple of lymph nodes underneath your armpit is, where yeah. your bra strap would be and you restrict that flow of lymph fluid and a lot of the time that can cause like a build-up of inflammation and that can that can lead to things like breast cancer um, and other complications yeah. it's the wiring so, in the bra actually that they say is, is causing that restriction it's the wiring in the bra this is, this is a big secret girls if you're listening to this there's a lot of the bra companies don't want us to know this mm. is that the, the wiring in bras is, is that discomfort is that thing that adds that pressure so yeah. if you can wear wireless bras as much as possible, make sure you're not sleeping in them. All those kind of tips. Wear vests every now and then. You know, let them, let them 
hang and be free a couple of times a week you know give you give yeah. us give, you, give them some breathing space yeah it's really important 100%. actually I'm, I'm glad you brought that up mark to be honest yeah well it's always like a, a worthwhile side note to, to add in but uh, i mean essentially essentially what we're trying to do is keep our body moving mm. um, and just going to the gym for an hour and moving around from a health perspective it's not more effective than building in lots of movement into your day so going back to what we was saying about trying to get off the bus a bit earlier um or or take the stairs a bit more often how can we or walk to the shops instead of driving yeah. whatever kind of additional movement we can get into the day we can't we've got to stop seeing that as an inefficiency and start seeing it as a, a necessary part of our day yeah. because it is so healthy for the body simply just to move your muscles um and then going back to what you were saying about the the health benefits of getting your raising your heart rate so a lot of the time you know walking will raise your heart rate of course it will but what we know is that a a small amount of high intensity exercise is really effective um for various different health markers um and that comes from you know raising your heart rate um quite intensely into like that zone five Mm. and how Um, much is that i've heard it's about 15 minutes about three or three it's Times less a week, there's, 15 minutes that's it i mean it's less there's honestly there's there's studies out there scientific studies that have been done and there was one that was quite popular they did a documentary about it that 30 seconds a day is enough like literally wow. raising, like all out uh, intense exercise for 30 seconds and obviously this isn't necessarily practical for everyone depending on your level well you don't just want to go from no exercise for five or six years to like an all-out sprint for 30 seconds you know, obviously you've got to work your way into these things but there's there's lots, of, there's lots of scientific <laughs> evidence that simply 30 seconds of mm. um 30 seconds of intense exercise like three to five times a week can can elicit a lot of those health benefits that yeah. come along with sort of raising your heart rate so yeah, um, so we're going to say so. It's not. It's not the fact when we get back to going in offices with each other. You don't get your colleague all of a sudden just stands up and starts doing thirty seconds of <laughs> manic star jumps <laughs> and sits back down again. It's not that. <laughs> Why not? That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, what? What's the worst? Whatever thing? floats your boat. <laughs> yeah, wherever you can fit it in. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, talking of high intensity exercise, I, we, I obviously do CrossFit, and yeah. this, I think this is something that often gets uh, misinterpreted when it comes to CrossFit is that like it's un- it's an unattainable level of fitness, and it's a community of like yeah, kind of elite elite performance exercise, yeah, yeah, and it's not. I understand why it's got that reputation, and I think as a community, CrossFit we can do a lot better to make people feel included but the idea around crossfit is is functional fitness and the idea is to prepare people adequately for their life in terms Mm. of the physical needs that they need to put into their life and like going back to what we were talking about with you know we don't need to hunt our food anymore that the the physical requirements of us as humans in modern society is is Mm. quite limited what we really need from an exercise regime is to be healthy, happy, uh, resilient against disease and able to tackle the issues that we have in everyday life. And, and usually that's work stresses and uh, having time and energy to, to 
look after our families and cultivate good relationships and all of that stuff. Do we want to do? Do we want to do the hormone and science bit about that? Should we do? It? I think everyone knows, don't they, about the the, the well-being hormones. Those four main well-being hormones. So you've got your dopamine, which is pleasure. You've got serotonin, which is happiness. You've got your oxytocin, which is love, and then you've got your endorphins, which are feel good. And it's the endorphins and serotonin, isn't it, that are quite significant in exercise and probably as well as dopamine. And probably a little bit of serotonin. I don't know. Well, yeah, they're, What's I it, mean, the, the hormonal all, science. Yeah. Well, it, obviously, they're all every hormone that we have is important and, and plays a role uh, in the, the adequate functioning of the human body. I mean, what we what we are caught up in a lot of the time as modern day humans is a lot of the hormones that we have had had roles that equipped us for an environment that no longer exists. So like going back to what I was just saying about um, being ready for everyday modern life, it's not, you don't have to be an elite performing human in like physically elite performing human to perform well in modern society. You, it, this modern society is more about mental performance. And like you were alluding to with, with the, the various wellbeing hormones and obviously exercise plays a huge role in, in the release of them yeah yeah the, yeah. the timely release of those hormones so mm. you know cortisol is our stress hormone one of our stress hormones and the role cortisol plays is essentially to um to allow us to keep going under stressful conditions so we release cortisol throughout the day uh, sorry we release cortisol early in the morning and then throughout the day it lowers mm. uh, and then we need low cortisol in the evening in order to get a good night's sleep. It almost works in opposite to melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. Well, we um, release cortisol in the morning, don't we, to wake us up. That's the main reason you get that, that, that almost like bolt shoot of cortisol, don't you? It's to wake you up fundamentally. You get that peak in the morning and it's supposed to taper off. Exactly. But cortisol also increases with exercise. So mm. as you're exercising yeah, of course. With, with high intensity, diff, like tough workouts, your cortisol levels will rise. So, you know, it's not just to, like, it's not actually a great idea to exercise really intensely later in the day because that can affect your sleep negatively. Mm. Um, so like you say, like all these hormones play a role, but when it comes to not just exercise, but sleep, nutrition, um, hydration, all of these things that we do to look after our health. It's about timing um, mm. and getting those hormones re into the right balance so yeah. that we're ready to sleep when it's time to sleep. We're ready to wake up when it's time to wake up. Um, and we're, we're hungry when it's time to eat and all of that stuff, all of those things. So yeah, you touched on serotonin. Obviously that that's the key one, the, the key one, but you know, serotonin and dopamine, the balance between those two hormones, which yeah essentially serotonin is happiness and contentment dopamine is is more responsible for seeking and pleasure it's a pleasure pleasure driven hormone so they're both necessary and you know it's ex we want we want them both in the right measurements but a lot of what we have in modern day society is we're overstimulating do dopamine through like tech devices yeah, um, being on our phones too much and uh, and anticipating likes on social media. Yeah. This is all linked into seeking and and trying to find pleasure 
pleasurable experiences um mm. gambling drinking and drinking drugs yeah taking drugs all of these things are wrapped up in in dopamine um and seeking of those highs um, some people are more susceptible than others as well aren't they to to those sort of things yeah so some yeah. people have more addictive personalities and characters than other people so some people are able to manage the dopamine in a lot lot easier than other people there's of course there's a there's a genetic component to all of yeah. this um i think what we have a tendency to do though is to relieve ourselves of control and responsibility mm. by saying i'm just pre I'm, pre I'm genetically predisposed to this not that some people aren't some people 100% are more genetically predisposed to have an addictive, addictive personality yep. or to store fat in different ways or to X, Y, and Z. There's lots of, yep. you know, uh, difficult situations, that, genetic situations that people have to deal with. That yep. What we have to remember is more of it is epigenetic. And what we mean by epigenetic is how our environment influences the expression of our genes. So we're in control yep. of, we're in control of a lot more than I think we give ourselves credit for. Um, yeah, it's about that self-awareness again, isn't it? So if you know that you possibly have more addictive tendencies than somebody else, then you have to look at some of the lifestyle choices that you make. So me, for example, um, I, I have bipolar, which doesn't help, but I do have slightly, I can get really intensely into things. So I have to watch what I do. So I, I don't drink for, for a reason. I haven't drank for seven years. I quit alcohol because of those unhealthy times and that association with alcohol. Social media, I have to digi-detox as much as possible. One of the habits I'm trying to adopt at the moment is I've, I've downloaded an app called Pleasure, which is great. And it, that, the whole idea of that app is it, it helps you um, realize healthier habits. So at the moment, so like I switch everything off at nine o'clock and I get a little alert that tells me to switch everything off at nine o'clock and that's one of the things I'm doing and regular detoxes so I, I know in terms of that social media kind of pull for me and that's what it's about isn't it it's not like you just said Mark it's not about using it as an excuse oh well that's that's my personality that's my tendency so not my fault it, it's yeah that's your personality and that's your tendency so you have to make other kind of lifestyle choices to stay balanced and healthy yeah I mean I, I think we have to have empathy for the fact that yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, of course. Different challenges, that, and 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 mm. some of that is down to their their genetic makeup, but mm. a lot a lot of it, far more of it than we give credit for, is is down to our environment. And again, yeah. to be fair to people, sometimes you can't control your environment hundred percent. Sometimes you're stuck in an environment that makes it difficult to eat the right way or yeah. develop good sleep habits or exercise at the right times and in the right way. So, especially now, hey. 100% this is a prime example of how we're not 100% we're not 100% in control of the environment around mm -hmm. us um but that we should all recognize how important our environment is and how important the way we treat our body is and mm -hmm. we are we do have the power to change a lot more than often we realize um yeah. and has a that has a powerful influence over how our genes are expressed so we may have a genetic predisposition to certain cancers or certain diseases or mm. um, various things. However, our environment massively influences the way those, that genetic framework is expressed yep. and which genes present themselves. Um, yep. the Absolutely. 
Um, so just because you have a genetic predisposition to something doesn't mean it has to come into into effect. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And epigenetics, if 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 that's a new term for people, epigenetics is a, is well worth researching in terms of like a, a subject matter that that's well worth paying attention to. Just just googling the term epigenetics and looking into it and looking at some of the the articles and um, and some of the blogs and and various podcasts that there are on it. Um, I'd massively recommend that. Let's do a future cast on it. I think I'd like I'm, to read I'm up more on that. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> a future one, a future one. Yeah. <laughs> give me a bit of time to research, but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll yeah. So you've got, you've got an idea. Um, event tonight. It's seven yeah. o'clock. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. So Ilea of, um, UK have, uh, asked me to do an exercise session actually um for industry professionals um so i've tried to design a workout that's you know anyone can turn up and it will just be um you know a few of us on a zoom i'll talk everyone through the exercises um and it will be structured in a way that you can either you can modify each exercise so that you're doing a movement that's um you're physically capable of doing safely and also um you can you can work as hard or as you know as you want to you don't have to kill yourself but if you want to kill yourself i'll be right there with you you can train really hard and, and get a nice workout out of it um but also you can just come and move around and, and and everyone can kind of dictate how hard they want to work so that's what we're doing today um and uh i've seen, do you know what i've seen a lot of these um from various bodies and various professionals and pts and people in my network and I think it's really, I think it's great. I think it's providing people um, an opportunity to become physically uh, active within their own homes because it's a lot of the time it's quite hard to motivate yourself to just start working out in your living room. Mm. It's not the environment that you're used to physically exerting yourself in. You're used to sitting there and being comfortable and watching a film with a family or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and, when you're in that environment it, it feels very unnatural and very difficult to psych yourself up to do a workout but i think what lockdown's done is kind of forced people into to feeling differently in in that environment and and feeling more comfortable about training at home so i actually think that's going to be um quite a positive um outcome from all of this yeah definitely so. definitely but like the joe wicks effect <laughs> tea with I'm joe which joke is effect? I feel the, like the PE got... with Joe every day at nine thirty. Yeah, I, 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 I have to be honest. I, I did it. I first time I did it, I couldn't walk for three days, so it really put me off. And I've done it once or twice after. So I've done it three times at the start of lockdown, and I've not done it since. Um, although I, I have, I have been going out on my bike more. Mm. Um, but my bike is, um, it's a cross bike. So it's crossed between a mountain bike and a, a road bike. It's got a child seat on the back. It's blooming heavy. It's a really hard bike to cycle. So I live in Greenwich and Blackheath as well. Kind of that's my little one's nurseries down in Greenwich and we live up in Blackheath. So there's lots of hills for you to get down, which is not a problem getting down, but it's getting back up. Yeah. So I've just, after a few weeks, got myself to the point fruit and this is what comes you build up strength don't you obviously as you exercise i think we, we all know that particularly if it's in a current form whether that's running cycling you get fitter over time um 
And I think you can explain the science behind that as well in terms of what actually happens and why muscles get stronger and fitter during a certain discipline of exercise. But I've just got myself to the point now where I can cycle up Greenwich Hill all the way up without stopping. And it, it isn't pleasurable. There's a lot of cortisol probably comes into effect when I'm doing that, but I have it in my head that I'm going to get to the top of the hill. I just haven't managed to do it with my little one in the, the car, in the, the child seat on the back of the bike. Well, I'm a bit like, I don't think I'll ever be able to do it. It's too heavy. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a good point. Like I think the thing to remember is the, the best workout for anyone is the one that they're going to do. And like, mm. There's no point killing yourself to a point where you're not going to train the next day or you're not going to go back to doing any exercise for a week because you're in too much pain or, you know, mm. you've built up a fear of feeling like that again. So you don't, you don't want to go and do it again. That, yeah. That's not productive for anyone. You know, that we have to start where we are. And I mean, the underlying principle to all of life is what's known as homeostasis. Yeah. That's basically, it basically means balance. And the, the body is always trying to achieve what's called homeostasis. It's always trying to achieve balance. It's like a thermostat. Um, and exercise is basically a stimulus for the body to adapt in a specific way. So you cycling up a hill is a, is a, is a set, sending the body a signal that it needs to become better at cycling up hills. So you're, you getting out of breath and, and knackered doing that exercise, the body's going to go, oh, this maniac wants to cycle up hills all the time. I need to adapt my, <laughs> my cellular level on a muscular level, on a muscle recruitment level in terms of like mm. how your, your legs pedal the bike. All of those adaptations will take place if you keep doing that. And then eventually it becomes easier. It's the same with, you know, getting bigger muscles. If you, if you lift lots of weights, you're sending the body a signal that it needs to become the body's going, Oh, this, this nutcase wants to carry heavy things around all the time. I need to adapt so that I'm capable of carrying heavy things. Um, but you have to get the stress, those mini, those stressors, those stimuli that you give the body have, you have to give them the right ones at the right time. There's no good. There's no good. Someone, me trying to do your workout and you trying to do my workout. You have to do yeah. the workout that's right for you and exercise professionals. This is why I like, I, I mean, I love Joe Ricks. I've got a lot of respect for him, but it's very difficult for him to be effective to a million people. Mm. Like there's, a, there's so many people tuning in to one workout and you've got to design it very well in order for it to be effective for mm. everyone because yeah. everyone needs different things. Yeah. Um, particularly when it comes to exercise. So, and that's not a slight of Joe Wicks. That's to say that, we all as individuals need to take responsibility for what's right for us as well. So yeah. look at the workout by all means and follow Joe for motivation and inspiration, but mm. bear in mind what you need to get from that session and how, what your body is capable of doing. Yeah. And if you're getting to a point where you feel like you're pushing too hard and you're in pain or, you know, the movement feels uncomfortable, you have to be responsible for going, okay, maybe I don't do that movement. Maybe I need to swap it for something else, or maybe I just need to back off. Um, yeah. jog on the spot for this particular exercise and enjoy back in like we have to take an element of responsibility ourselves as well yeah because I've, I've, I've done the London Marathon and after finishing and I, mean, I can remember being in pain but I have to admit I don't remember being in as much pain as, as after doing a 15 minute exercise literally lasted for three days not being able to walk at all yeah. um, 
So it's all about finding your discipline, isn't it? So exercise should be enjoyable. And yes, there is a certain amount of it. If you're increasing strength and you're increasing fitness, there is going to be a certain amount of muscle aches and pains and stuff to that because you're breaking down your muscles and they're repairing us. You, you said made the perfect point last week that you, you, after exercising, you run healthier than you were before you started that exercise. Yeah. That's because, because you're you breaking break stuff down, down in the body. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's finding that sweet spot, isn't it? So it's finding um, forms of exercise and principles that are going to give you that mix of keeping your fitness, improving your fitness, but that it's pleasurable and enjoyable at the same time mm -hmm. that you'll want to go back and do it again. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the, what, the term we use is hormesis. So the term hormesis basically means um, what it kind of translates to what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to stress the body to a point that's, that is capable of coming back from quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And then you need to, once you've, once you've trained, you need to do all the things necessary in order to recover effectively. So, you know, have, have a good diet, sleep well, stay hydrated, all those things that, that help us to recover effectively. But the point is, hormesis is, is basically one of the healthiest things we can do in order to live a long and healthy life. It's, it's stressing the body in a way that makes it adapt to become more resilient. So getting that stimulus right is, is quite challenging, but it's very subjective mm. to each individual. Um, and we've got to become experts in ourselves and our own bodies um, to know that to know what level to push ourselves to. The thing is, a lot of particularly a, a big problem for most people is motivation and finding the motivation to actually go through the discomfort of exercising. It's not it's not easy. Like it feels uncomfortable, mm. but what we need to realize is that discomfort is a good thing. That's what yeah. creates what we call what we call homesis, which makes us healthy, and, and it's a long-term good strategy for living a healthy, a long, healthy life. That's what um, gets me up Greenwich Hill. But there is a limit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but there's a limit to motivation. There's a there's a point where you have to go. Okay, am I pushing too hard? Is mm. or you know have I done enough? Do I need? And that's when that internal you need to be able to take the internal responsibility and not outsource all of your motivation to, okay, we keep using Joe Wicks, but it's just an example. So yeah, someone yeah. like Joe Wicks that's pushing you to do a structured framework of a workout, because that's, that's, that's something he's designed and he can't design the perfect workout for everyone. No, we have to, we have to be motivated enough to push ourselves to, to the point of discomfort, but we have to be smart enough to go to know when we've pushed ourselves enough. And you've got what we need from that workout. And if you're getting to a point where you can't walk for four days, that's, that's not beneficial to you. That's not mm. what you want to get out of that workout. You want, God, no. you want to get a God, little no. bit of comfort that you can then recover from. And then you're a little bit more resilient and a little bit stronger that you can go a little bit harder next time. But yeah. You know, it's almost have... where you, you, you feel that slight tenderness, don't you, in your muscles. And it's almost like a, the kind of weakened feeling as well. 
I tend to find that I get that little bit firm if I've been for a run, particularly from running and cycling. I get that more. It's, it's that you, you feel your legs feel a little bit weaker than they did before, and there's there's probably a slight little bit of pain. You shouldn't be in agony, should you? You shouldn't be in absolute agony. You should be able to feel a little bit of discomfort mm. and a little bit of tenderness. You're not supposed to be in in pain where you're actually struggling to move and do normal functions like walk <laughs> go up and down stairs that kind of thing yeah i mean it, it, it's difficult and and also pain is is subjective as well so yeah. we could you and i could both be given the same pain stimulus and and we could react and feel Reactions. very differently about it and i have no doubt that your pain threshold is probably better than mine because i think that's that's a genetic trait of women to be honest but um that's a whole other conversation. That but we one, have to it? be honest. You know, we have to be honest with ourselves. If we know, if you know that you have a tendency not to want to push yourself very hard, and you have an objection to sort of any form of discomfort, you can probably push yourself a bit harder than you expect, and there's not necessarily any anything wrong with outsourcing that motivation to mm -hmm. someone else to get you going. But if you're if you are someone that really likes to push yourself hard and you have no problem with putting yourself in a bit of discomfort, maybe you'll be better served by kind of maintaining that bigger picture in your head that you're doing this session to become a healthier version of yourself and, and getting yeah. injured or putting yourself out of action for the next week isn't going to serve that purpose. So, um, so yeah, again, like everything, it's, there's a fine balance and a lot of it is subjective, which is why, we all need to take some take responsibility and pay attention as individuals, which is yeah. you know the message I bang on about all the time when we, when we're <laughs> talking about diet, sleep, exercise, whatever we're talking about. I I always kind of come back to that point. But yeah, which again, as always, Mark May is a brilliant, brilliant note to finish on. So that's it for this week's episode. Um, thanks, Mark. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, and we'll see you same time next week. Pleasure. Thanks, Helen. <laughs>